0: We have a a wonderful guest here who is uh, a um, designer and uh, a life designer, if you will. And and, uh, I'll introduce her in just a second. But first, uh, Nathan, I got to say hello. How are you?
1: Good afternoon, Kevin. Doing well. Happy Friday to you.
0: Happy Friday to you as well. And just because we've done this before, we need to do it again. And that is, could you tell everybody what we're doing new this year? That's a lot of fun.
1: Sure, just because uh, you know they probably heard it a lot of times, but it never you know is an issue to repeat it again. But just to get it taken care of, I'm going to say it in my best fast paced auctioneer voice. Okay, perfect. Unfortunately, I can't do that, so I got to have to go normal pace. <laughs> we are now streaming our video for the show onto multiple social media platforms. We have it going to YouTube and Facebook. And that can be found under both the KKNW and Positive Talk Radio accounts. And if you have Twitter, you can go to the KKNW Twitter page. So that gives you five different places to stream the video. You can also go to the 1150kknw.com, and it has a link to the video on the homepage there as well. Makes it nice and easy to access.
0: It does indeed. It does indeed. And you actually have over 3,000 subscribers. We do.
1: And that's just in uh, one of those alone. So even more
0: on top of that. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I'd like to I'd like to also introduce uh, Dana Parker. Dana, how are you?
2: I'm good. How are you, Kevin?
0: I'm grand. Thank you. Are you feeling better?
2: Yes. Yes.
0: Oh, Oh, a
2: flu going around over here.
0: I tell you, you guys—they go out actually into the world, get all sick and stuff. And of course, you—you've got uh, eight to ten kids wandering around your house. So uh, I mean, kind of, but not—not
2: quite. We have three, you know, three anywhere between three and seven consistently.
0: And if you could pull your microphone just a little bit closer, I think okay. that's what Nathan is intimating. Is that true, Nathan? Yeah, it sounds like it's a little far away. Oh, very,
2: to things.
0: very good. Well, you know, when you've, got, when you've got a Petri dish of a bunch of kids, especially a bunch of boys running around, it's easy to get sick. Yes. So what I did is I had the forethought of growing them up early, so they're all gone now. <laughs> and, and the grandchildren and stuff, they have to, they get to deal with them, and I don't have to. So, anyway, um, Dana, have you heard much about uh, life design? No. Well, today we will be very educational for all of us because we've got a young lady who is with us who is a speaker. She is a designer and she actually does the physical design of your house and stuff. But she, more importantly, she's morphed that into working with, the design of your life. And uh, her name is Shayna. And I'm going to massacre your last name, even though I'm looking at it right here. Uh, Nathan, her last name, please.
1: All right. So here we go. Shayna Francesca. Yeah, you can, hey, guys. think of the singer famous uh, Francesca Battistelli.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I couldn't even say that. Who? <laughs> <laughs> Francesca Battistelli. Okay,
1: (laughs) (laughs) not relevant. We're talking about Shana Francesca today.
0: Exactly, exactly. And uh, Dana, I'd like you to meet uh, Shana. Shana, Dana, how are you guys?
3: Hi,
1: Hi, Dana.
0: Nice to meet you you too. Now, just so you just so you know, Dana is a uh, uh, coach, and she works predominantly with women uh, because she doesn't like men very much. And uh,
2: (laughs) that is not true. (laughs) And. uh, I have a lot of men in my life.
0: Yes, you do. <laughs> I do. Yes, you do. But t- 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 between her and her significant other, they got what—ten boys.
3: So nine, nine. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, great! You've got a football team. Nine, oh, nine, nine
3: boys and a girl. It's almost like a "please don't eat the daisies" situation. No, yeah, we're a,
2: but we're a blended family. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh very, very nice. So, so Shayla. I'm glad that you're here. I've wanted to talk to you all week long. This is going to be a great show. Uh, You are quite adept at what you do, uh, but I'd love for you to tell our audience what you do and why you do what you do.
3: Oh gosh. Yeah. Um, So, Uh, What I am is a life designer. I'm a speaker and a writer and an entrepreneur. And I got into this work specifically um, because in my own life, I was born into an abusive household and into a religious, uh, my family joined a religious uh, extremist cult. Um, Let's just call it what it is. And, um, And having been restricted Uh, growing up in that very restricted environment where I wasn't allowed to be myself. I wasn't allowed to even be curious about the rules, who dictated them, why did they exist, why was I having to abide by them. I wasn't even allowed to ask those questions because I risked being ousted by my community uh, and by my family, not only in this life, but the next. Um, And so growing up in that restricted environment, it was... um, it was necessary, really, for me to try to discover ways where I could show up as my whole self and be um, whole and 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 seen and heard and understood completely. And my imagination became that place. And not only that, but when you are in that environment, in that restricted environment, and you're surrounded by people who are unhealthy in their mind, they aren't, re- they aren't attracting um, people who are healthy, right? They're also surrounded by other unhealthy people. Um, and so books became this necessary resource for me. Books became this place where I needed to, to see and understand what was possible, right? I needed someone to give me a view of a world where, you know, uh, I could actually be happy and healthy and understood and and see that there was other possibilities in this world. And so um, that kind of led to me becoming an interior designer, recognizing that, um, our physical environment is a reflection of our beliefs about ourselves, is a way, is a place that we can create for ourselves to feel safe and heard and understood. Um, and uh, and so eventually I was like, okay, being an interior designer is a thing. And, um, and that's what I went to school for. And then eventually, eventually... Um, you know, started to recognize that there was a deep psychological component to my interior design work. And I saw it transform people's lives. I saw as I created environments that deeply reflected who they were as human beings, not trends, not marketing, not what they saw on social media or magazines. You know, prior to social media, we had magazines, (laughs) you know. Uh (laughs) Hey, I remember them. Right. Exactly. So it wasn't a function of marketing. It was me just being walked through their lives by them and then recognizing how I could set that their home as the stage from which they told the story of their life. You know, we spend two thirds of our life inside of our home. And so it's deeply important that in fact, we, um, we have that as a place that we that we feel reflected in right that authentically not a reflection of marketing and 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 everybody's home kind of looking of remixed versions of each other Um, and so i started to see my work transform people's lives um, them suddenly be able to like start dating again and you know maybe apply for those jobs they didn't feel like they had the right to before, or um start having those dinner parties that they that they felt uncomfortable having before because their environment just didn't feel the way that they wanted it to um and eventually that led to me recognizing that my interior design work was much bigger than just what people understood it to be and so i needed to really remarket that i really needed to encompass the psychological and the mental health aspect and the physical aspect and so creating those and blending those together became what i call now life design
0: it's amazing to me how important it is for your physical surroundings to to reflect who you really are because that's how you feel really good about hanging out at your home. If you've yeah. got things in your in, around you, and you've got your your the whole you know, it, and it feels good. Yeah, uh, and that's part of it, isn't it?
3: Yeah, it is. It is. It's, it's deeply a part of it is that we, you know, uh, for instance, as an example to help people kind of understand uh, what I mean is that uh, after giving one of my talks, a woman came up to me and she said, you know, I'm in the middle of a divorce and like, you know, I, I just moved out onto my, uh, into my own place and I have these like posters up on the wall and I know I need to take them down and, you know, do something with my space. And she's like, you know, this talk inspired me and I was like, hold on, can we like, can we hit a pause? Do you have a moment for me to ask you a few questions? And she's like, absolutely. So I said, hey, what are the posters of? And she's like, oh, they're of uh, concerts. And I said, amazing. Are these concerts that you've been to? And she's like, yeah, they are. And I'm like, did you enjoy your experience there? Like, you know, and she's like, absolutely. It's what, you know, I I got the posters because these are bands that I love. And And I said, well, let me ask you something. Were any of those posters on the wall while you were married? And she said, no. And I was like, okay, well, Do those posters kind of remind you of your wild, of like who you really are, of who you want, how you want to show up in the world? And she's like, Yeah. I'm like, Okay, so then maybe the posters absolutely do not come off of the wall. Maybe the difference between what's being done with those posters now and what could be done is this be more intentional about how they show up on the wall. Maybe they get, you know, a simple frame. Maybe they're organized in a better way, like in a collage, you know, that that feels more representative of your experience in those moments. Maybe it's just that they show up more intentionally on the wall. They're not coming down, right? Because they represent a part of how you see yourself. And that is how I see interior design. It's not about it having to align with anybody else's expectation of what belongs in your home, not even mine, right? It absolutely needs to be a reflection of who you know yourself to be.
0: You know, it's... it's... <laughs> it's interesting when i was young now this is way before you were young you um no wait a minute that's all right anyway i when i and, i'm older than i look <laughs> you're not. And, 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 he's, he, he, you look beautiful by the way and if you want to go find out what she looks like you can go to uh the positive talk channel the youtube channel And you can see us live doing the show right there. But way back in the 19, early 1980s, late 70s, they were coming out with these video games that you could, uh, they were stand-up video games. They're now in like all the bowling alleys and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. In Those days there was one that was called Asteroids. And I used to go into, you know, with $10 and quarters and go play that game. And I always swore to myself that I would have one of those stand-up games in my home. And and the people around me said, oh, you can't do that. I don't want that in my living room. I don't like that. And I said, but that's what I've always wanted to have. So when I got on my own after, after my divorce and I could afford it, guess what I bought? Yeah. An arcade style video game. (laughs) It's a stand up. It's, and it's a, it's a conversation piece because whenever Somebody comes over and it's like, I remember that and yeah. and, and stuff. So it yeah. makes me feel good just to yeah. have it there.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And when it comes to couples and families, you know, it's about a blending of, of, of everybody's needs and wants and, and so on and so forth. But everybody's still feeling seen and heard and understood without it kind of you know, in a, invading each other, right? It's like finding that beautiful blend, that beautiful balance. You know that that's also a huge part of my work is like helping people to all feel seen within their within their physical environment.
0: But your work has evolved. Yeah, it has evolved far, far past that. Yeah, yeah, and um, in, in all the way up into you've got a, uh By the way, if you want to go to um, her website. It is uh, Consonate World, Um, is that? that, that
3: Consonate.world, yeah.
0: Yes, Consonate.world. And we're gonna talk about what that word means in a second, but first I wanted to let people know that if you go there, she's got a, a video of herself at the very beginning and it's a five-minute video, and it's worth listening to and watching because you talk about the fact that your work has evolved into wanting to change the world one person at a time, which is very similar to what our mission is here at Positive Talk. So that's why I'm really glad that you're here. Dana had to step out for a few because she was having audio difficulties. Yeah, no worries. She'll come back in a few minutes. But I just wanted to – where did that – evolve from? And it, it, was that just a natural process of your work? I,
3: I think it, yeah, it was always a part of my work, right? I just didn't, um, I, you know, I, there's, especially for, for us as women, and I think all everybody kind of struggles with this is like imposter syndrome is like, do I have the right to speak into this thing? Right. Um, do I have the right to take up space in this way? Right. Do I have the right to not just be an interior designer? Right, like that was the question I was wrestling with for a really long time, and it was actually one of my clients that helped me to um, to really gain clarity on that. Um, he is the head of a medical department at a very prestigious hospital in Philadelphia, and uh, and he said um, he said, "Oh yeah, I tell everyone you're my interior designer and my life coach." And that was the moment that I knew I had been playing small for way too long, right? And I'd been waiting for someone to give me permission. And it was me that needed to give me permission to be able to step into that and really um, and really figure out, right, for myself, what does it look like to move forward um, with, you know, the principles that I use as an interior designer, but them kind of stepping forward and not having to rely on my interior design degree, not feeling like I'm propped up by it. Um, And knowing I could step beyond it. And so, uh, so yeah, it became a natural outgrowth. But it really the way that I work as an interior designer was always a reflection of my experiences throughout my life, right? It was always a reflection of my own designing my own life, right? Out of, you know, an abusive situation out of a cult into, you know, stepping into, you know, Deconstructing all of those beliefs, asking myself, what do I actually believe? Establishing that, you know, letting that, letting myself, my authentic self take up space without taking it away from anyone else the way that I had seen and had been done to me, right? Um, And and, and just kind of exploring all of that and creating my life as my own, an authentic representation of myself and, it, and you know, empowering others to do the same, right? All along the way, I was doing the same for my clients. And so, um, you know, that, that just became, <laughs> it just kind of became that. It was already that. I just had to say it out loud, right?
0: Well, you know, it's interesting because all three of us that are here, and Dana's back, by the way. Dana, how you doing?
3: Oh, Dana, you're on mute
2: i'm doing good having some audio
0: issues but you know how how do you sound better now but but much better now but but i would because we all came the three of us came from religious backgrounds Mm -hmm. mine was um um conservative um lutheran and dana Mm -hmm. tell us if she wants to uh, but he, ben yours was a cult and i was talking with a good friend of mine yesterday who is on the show from time to time and she said i have to be very careful about the the subject matter that I am on your show because my family, when I was 19 years old, they actually did an intervention with me. Mm -hmm. A a spiritual intervention is what they called it or religious thing. And people were praying over him because she was going down the way of the devil and all that kind of stuff. Did that happen happen to you as well? Were you forced into that kind of uh, environment? Shayna?
3: Oh, sorry. I thought you were asking Dana at first. Um, yeah, I there's been still now, still now, you know, via Facebook, however, people have access to me, I still get messages because I post a lot, you know, about my deconstructive journey to share with others, to empower others to question the nature of their own reality, to to feel empowered, to actually get curious, to get intentional, to, to connect with themselves. And every and it's and you know, it's so funny because. People's beliefs are, are so fragile that they feel the need to lash out. Right. I now that I've deconstructed my beliefs, I feel no need to lash out at anyone, right? Like if you're stating your beliefs, as long as you're not talking about violating anyone's human rights, right? And you're not talking, you're not, you're not passing a you know, um racist or, or or you know homophobic or xenophobic you know rhetoric you know i'm i'm not going to be saying anything to you um you know live and let live but the minute you cross that line i'm going to say something but what's interesting is me simply saying i've gone through this deconstructive journey and i've walked away from evangelical christianity um <laughs> is enough to trigger people to reach out and say, oh my God, you're going to go to hell. And I'm like, wow, I thought the Bible says judge, not lest you be judged.
0: Right? It does. I know it I, does.
3: I read that. Yeah. I, I have a good portion of the Bible memorized. So I'm going to go ahead and say that, you know, if God is the loving God that, that you state that he is, um, then my relationship with him is between he and I, or lack of relationship is between he and I. It's not for you, you know. God, the number one commandment in the Bible is to love. And lashing out at someone simply because they don't share your beliefs anymore is not a demonstration of love. It's it's a demonstration of the fragility of your belief system,
0: <laughs> and and fear. And uh, Dana, yeah. Dana, Dana, exactly. You're,
3: exactly. <laughs> yeah,
0: you're you're not in your head wildly, Dana.
2: It's just so well said. So well said, and. I think that's one of the most beautiful parts of liberating yourself to have your own beliefs is then you automatically feel this space of allowing others their liberty. Exactly. To to feel and to express and to choose into whatever beliefs they want. Yeah, And I think that's been one of the most beautiful things that i really tried to keep in balance because I do know people who've left and kind of went opposite. And it's like it's not okay to be in that religion or to believe that thing. Mm. And and so you can go the opposite. Mm. But I were I, I did really work hard when I left because I have so many close family members who are who were still in that I wanted to keep those relationships. I wanted them to feel comfortable around me because I want to feel comfortable around them,
3: yeah, exactly. you know?
2: And, and yeah. that, that re-navigation is uncomfortable
3: yeah. of,
2: you know, restating yeah. and and changing boundaries and changing yeah. what's, what yeah. you can talk about and what's okay and what's not, yeah. that's uncomfortable. And um, sometimes even got a little explosive in my family. And you know, I I am so lucky enough to have parents that came back and circled back to okay, no matter what, bottom line, love. Yeah. we will get there even if it's messy. Yeah, and if it's bumpy and hard. Yeah, and and I've really appreciated that that in my parents, especially my mother.
3: Yeah,
2: she and really not showed up.
3: Two things I had to learn really quickly, like that I had to deconstruct really quickly. That that ultimately, like. Just blew my mind is number one, I didn't owe anyone a statement of my beliefs anymore. Right? Because Christianity for me. You do. Christianity teaches you have to constantly be telling everybody who you are and what you believe and that you owe it to that. And you must constantly justify your beliefs. Second, was that I don't need to proselytize at all. proselytizing is not something I'm buying into anymore, right? Mm -hmm. I don't owe it to anyone to try to convince them that they need to share my exact beliefs. First of all, 8 billion people on this planet and every single one of them is different than the other. Every single one of them has a different lived experience and an interaction with the world. And so every single one, even if we're both evangelical Christian or we're both atheists or we're both agnostic or Buddhist, our beliefs are going to be different. There is no way for us to have exactly the same beliefs. There's just no way. And so, you know, I, when I, when I was able to finally sit with that and like deconstruct the PTSD, the religious PTSD around the requirement to proselytize, it was mind blowing. It changed my life. I was like, oh my God, I do have PTSD. I have so much anxiety around needing to share what I believe now and having to tell everybody. Right. And when I, when I was able to release that, I was like, oh, this is good. This is how other people live? Oh, my goodness. So much energy freed up. <laughs>
0: now, now I, I want to make it clear that this is not a religious, a religious bashing session.
3: No, definitely not. I but accept I have friends from all kinds of religious
0: backgrounds. Me too.
2: Me too. Yeah.
0: But there are some people who are feeling like whatever their organization that they're in, that it's not enough. That they want more. They want to understand more. They want to understand where they really are, and their heart is telling them something different. Yeah. And and so it's important yeah. that they be able to open themselves up to understand that there's more. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be what somebody else yeah. says is the truth. Yeah. What is your truth for you? I yeah. know, yeah. Shana, that that that's a a part of the work that you do.
3: Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yeah, is being able to tap back into our curiosity. Curiosity mm-hmm. did not kill the cat. Curiosity made the cat and the dog best friends, mm-hmm. right? Curiosity, anybody who tells you you don't have a right to question, you have to question that because no one has authority we don't give them. And anybody who's demanding authority and you know respect above our own intuition and above our own sense and our own authenticity, anybody who's usurping that, anybody who's trying to take that power away from you and telling you you don't have a right to question them, Run. Because <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah. anybody who's not interested in accountability, that's mm-hmm. oppression. That's abuse, right? right? Because all authority, all if you're truly a leader, you're looking for accountability. You're expecting it. You desire yeah. it. You know it makes you a better leader because people choose to follow you. If you're requiring people to follow you and using manipulation and fear, that's no longer... Um, that's no longer an authentic situation. That's no longer a safe situation. That's, that's a no for me. Right. And so that's why for me, I walked away from religion, but I have friends of all kinds of religious backgrounds and we respect each other's beliefs deeply and we don't spend time trying to proselytize each other. We just spend time talking about our hopes and our dreams and our loves for life and what we're accomplishing and so on and so forth. And we deeply respect one another's beliefs.
0: That's how it should be. Yeah. 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 And that that makes it whole, makes it complete, makes it loving, makes it happy, and and it doesn't it doesn't matter. I I have a good friend who who is a um a, a officer in Dana's old church, mm-hmm. and uh, he's he's a really good friend of mine. He knows I don't subscribe to what he yeah. thinks is appropriate, mm-hmm. and uh, but that's that's okay because he he allows me to be me and. Yeah. It's not that I'm just not that way. anymore. I got too many things. And that's why talking to people like you, um, Shana, you you are happy, you are helping, you are trying to help people live their lives in a better, more complete way. And that I, I just think what you're doing is just wonderful.
3: Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I love what I do. I love that people can tell me their truth, right, that I'm the keeper of their secrets. Um, there's a deep trust that's required. Like I said, you know, there's a deep psychological connection between our home and our mental health. There's been studies that have proven that. Um, There's a study that came out in Europe in 2019 of our happiness, the top most, three most important things. Number one is our mental health. Number two is our home. Number three is our physical health, right? And so number two is our home. And I really believe that number one and number two are indelibly tied together. So when people hire me and they invite me into their home to talk about their life, to talk about their home, to talk about the connection between the two, or whether it be simply about you know their you know development as an entrepreneur or a leader or what whatever context, right. You're inviting me into your life and that I'm honored to be, to be entrusted with, with their, with their truth, with their story and to be someone they're seeking to, you know, help them to reframe, right. Because I become the mirror, right. And I'm so thankful that I'm the mirror that they're choosing. I deeply honor that.
0: Hmm. That, That's really cool. Dana.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's, I'm just soaking up your words because it's so beautifully said, and it's definitely my same sentiments of my heart. I think that's being in that space of someone's home, but also this home yeah. as life coaching. And as you're working with somebody, to me, when somebody trusts you enough to just open up, it is what deeply one of the most like hands down, one of the most sacred spaces you could ever yeah. enter into with another person. Yeah. Is those things that they they're deeply afraid of or worried about or that they they think are unlovable or or they have that shame wrapped around it you know those places it's like to bring light and love to those places is one of the most soul fulfilling experiences yeah Yeah. there's nothing like it on the planet for me nothing yeah
3: Absolutely. I tell people my work is the connection between interior design and I'm pointing at my physical environment and interior design and I'm pointing at myself. Yeah. Right. So it's the connection between those two things for sure.
0: And I I think it's important that we are always learning and we're always growing and we're always gaining new experiences. And I'm about to do that right now, as a matter of fact, because Dana, we have to go to commercial. And I would like to uh, have you take us out to, into the commercial break if you would be so kind. Great. well <laughs> I, I think I just scared her a little bit. Uh, phone,
2: you're sweating. <laughs> we, we,
0: did, we did not discuss this and this is, a, but she is she's with me on Fridays whenever she can. She's a, she's a marvelous soul, uh, but she at one point or another, Shana, during this conversation, I guarantee you. She will cry. Um, Okay, great.
3: uh, (laughs) I'm
2: here for it.
0: I'm here for all of it.
2: Yeah. You know, the waterworks are natural for me. You know, it's
3: part of processing our emotions.
0: Yeah. Exactly. So take us to break. Do it and do it kind of like this. And you're listening to Positive Talk Radio, and we'll be right back after these messages. Say something like that.
2: Okay. You're listening to Positive Talk Radio, and we will be back right after these messages.
0: hey there I'm excited that you're listening right now and if you like what we're doing here you're gonna love positivetalkradio.net On positivetalkradio.net each show which is recorded live is packed with positive information with real people discussing real issues and positive solutions that can work for everyone I hope that you'll join us on positivetalkradio.net and listen to all 340 plus shows. I think it's worth your time. But then, that's just me. That's PositiveTalkRadio.net, your home for great progressive, positive podcasts.
2: When you want to say more than
3: words, communicate. You can, with flowers. Your custom boutique floral studio in Bothell, Washington is a naturaldesign.com, Connecting you to nature through the language of flowers where your people are is where our flowers are beautiful. Your success is our goal. A natural
0: at your fingertips today. Hey, my friend, I'd really like to thank you for listening to the show today. As you may know, I started positive talk radio way back in 2003. We were one of the first shows on KKNW For 11 months, I was fortunate to be part of many lives, making a positive difference with great interviews and discussions, creating new thoughts and ideas. Sadly, for financial reasons, I had to terminate the show. Well, it took 18 years, but we're back better than ever. And not only on KKNW Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays, but also podcasting with several inspiring channels with the same driving passion as the original. Please visit kmmedia.pro for complete information about all of these shows. In addition, if you feel called to keep positive programming on the air, you can join us by sponsoring the show and aligning yourself with our mission, which is nothing short of saving the planet and each other. Again, that's kmmedia.pro. I'll see you there. And welcome back to Positive Talk Radio, everybody. It's Friday. It's Friday. I hope everybody's having a good Friday. And Dana, you did just fabulously well. You are now a professional broadcaster. What do you think?
2: Thank you. Thank you. Yeah.
3: You did so good. I would have done the same thing you did. would have been like, what do I say? I don't know. I don't know.
2: Oh, yeah. And I'm like, my, my mind's scanning all my memories of like, what does Kevin say? What does he say? What does he usually do in this moment? <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: so, so shayna I, I want to talk about uh, uh I'll, I'll give it a shot and see if I... a consonate. consonate. nailed it you nailed it yay, yay. okay consonant.world if that yeah. is your website But what in the world does consonate mean?
3: Luckily, I keep this handy dandy index card so that I can remember the exact words and I don't have to memorize it. Um, Consonate means to arrange or blend together skillfully as parts or elements put together in a harmonious, precisely appropriate or elegant manner. It's a verb. It's a real word. It just happens to be a dead word, one that we don't don't use anymore. Um, It came into being in like the 1500s and then I, I don't know exactly when it died off, but we don't use it anymore. But it sounds familiar enough, and then you know the the word itself, and then the definition was so perfect, so perfect for what I do in my intention and my work that I was like, "That's me. I need that. That's mine. I'm taking it." <laughs> How did you find it? I am a nerd, so I have read dictionaries since you I was don't a look kid. like a nerd. Nerds come in all shapes and sizes. <laughs> so, um, I have been a nerd for all of my life i used to read dictionaries uh growing up and that's when people still read actual books and um and so and like actually had printed dictionaries now you have like a website right or like an app <laughs> i have both um and so um i would read the dictionary and find all the words that i didn't know and i also kept a notepad in my um In my, on me at all times, and I would write down all the unfamiliar words. So, like, one of my friends and I have this deep love of words and love of language. And so, every once in a while, we come across an interesting word and we'll just like snap a shot of it and send it to each other in text messages. It's completely normal. So, so she came across the word consinity, which happens to be like a cousin word of consonate. And she sends it to me, and immediately my like antenna go off, and I was like, oh my God, this. Word, and so I started diving into uh, the the history of the word, and so on and so forth. And I was like, "This is incredible." And then I found consonate. Um, it's not easy when you when you like dive in when you're going looking for you really have to look for them if they're dead words. Like it's not it's it's not it's a little it was a little bit harder to find its related words than I'm leading on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, but if you put in a dictionary.com, it's it, it'll come up. Um, consonate will, and so. Um, and so I just that was it I read the word and I was like this is it you know I'm gonna use it as a noun even though it's a verb <laughs> um and uh and and that was it I, I it was immediate and then I just picked a font and I was like that's it <laughs> that's the company name this is the logo we're done
0: <laughs> that was easy
3: huh it took a year and a half
0: yeah <laughs> well, but you were also were, were able to find the domain name that you wanted and yeah. and everything so i always looked at uh, when i had the opportunity to come up with a show name i looked to see if it was, the, the domain was available mm-hmm. if it wasn't available then yeah. i knew that that wasn't the domain for me yeah yeah um, but as it turns out positive talk net was available.com is still owned by a guy that was on the radio station in two thousand and three. He oh, wow. bought it and he keeps it, and now he wants twenty five hundred dollars for me to give it to. For so it's like no. Nah. PositiveTalkRadio.net yeah. will work just fine.
3: Just fine. Yeah, that was for me. Consonate.com was taken. And then actually I kind of was glad that it was because .world felt more applicable. It felt yep. more aligned with what I'm doing. And I remember the marketing person who I was working with at the time it was an outside consultant. He was like, no one's ever going to go to a website with constant, like .world. They're not even going to know what that is. And I was like, this is 2020." one at the time, right? I'm like, the people understand that like dot coms are all taken. No one's able to like use them anymore unless you're paying like $40,000 for them. So I was like, no, I think I'm going to be okay and lo and behold, you know, my, my website metrics are just fine. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and, you're, and you're doing very well. You've got collaborators, yeah. you've got workshops, yeah. you do coaching, you do a lot of different things. Same as Dana and I, by the way, I've got two coaches here. And I want to make sure that everybody is aware of the fact that everybody needs a coach. I'm willing to bet mm. that you both have got coaches.
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Mentors and coaches, uh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I
2: agree. I think that that living your tools and constantly growing and expanding is just part of my reality and what I do now. Yeah. So yeah. I actually just joined a Mastermind this week with a coach. Yeah. So.
3: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I regularly hire. Usually not all year because I, I it, it takes a lot. Um, but usually three to six months out of every year, I'm working with a coach. And then the rest of the time I'm reading books. So the the authors become kind of the mentors in my head, you know, new levels of accountability. So like, if you can't afford to hire a coach, I understand that, right? But group coaching can be a much more affordable way to do Mm -hmm. that. And then also, like, if you can't afford that, that's okay. You can also then tap into books, right? Mm -hmm. By the different mentors, by the different coaches and different psychologists and so on Mm -hmm. and so forth. But something I tell people is to make sure that you're not your entire, you know, reading life is not personal development or professional development. You have to mix in. um, There's been study after study that shows if you mix in uh, fiction, right, with that, uh, it it actually helps you to process the information that you're learning in those nonfiction books through the fictional characters. So just make sure that you're having that interaction, you know, that it's not all learning all the time, right? We like, we need to give our brain a break. Yeah.
0: And both of you do um, uh, group coaching, which I'm a big yeah. proponent of yeah. because I, I think that, you know, especially when you step out of your comfort zone of when you were a little kid and what you were told to do and, and things, and then you're out there and you're all by yourself. Yeah. It's hard sometimes to find like-minded people to join you in a community. I highly, if you are out there, if you're listening to this today and you feel alone, and you don't feel like you know anybody who believes anything like you do or mm-hmm. is having these feelings in your heart, go search for a like-minded community. Yeah.
3: I actively keep my group coaching extremely accessible price-wise because I believe in the democratization of information and in building community, right? And so I have people, I've, you know, typically my group coaching looks like Any everyone from like twenty five to fifty five, right? I'm working with a full range of people, all different ethnic, gender, back everything, right? Um, I love the diversity of that, and and I also think it's important that it not be priced at a place that you're only dealing with people at a specific economic level, right? I think it's it needs to be offered to everyone. So my group coaching is only two hundred dollars a month, right? Like it's, Mm -hmm. you know, you're. It's $200 a month, right? And I know that for some people that's still a lot, which is why I then recommend, okay, read some books, so on and so forth. But um, I, I purposely keep it that way because to me... There's so much benefit in us having those communal conversations, right? It's it's like these circles, you know, when you look back at Indigenous practice around story circles and sharing circles and this way of interacting with one another, of keeping one another accountable, and also understanding other people's perspective on the same information, right? Because I'm, I'm saying, okay, this is what the conversation is, and then 20 people are hearing that differently based on their own view and perspective of the world. And then they each get to hear how each other heard it and processed it and then learn from each other's hearing and processing. It's such a beautiful thing. And so for me, again, I insist on keeping the, that, you know, one-on-one coaching, not as accessible, but <laughs> group coaching accessible for sure.
0: Well, you know, it's interesting because last year, Danny did a group session with, uh what were there, 12, eight, eight or 12? Yeah, there was oh, there eight. Was eight. Eight ladies, and some of them have become lifelong friends
2: yeah. because through exactly. the course
0: that coaching, they now respect each other. They have learned and from each other, and it's becoming it's a, it's become a really good thing. So, if you're out there and you're feeling alone, don't be that way. Go talk to talk to uh, Shana and uh, join her her group, <laughs> or Dana. And well, Dana, do you have a, a group going right now?
2: Not right at this moment. Coming
3: soon. Yeah,
0: winner, my winner. my
3: next session kicks off May 2nd. Is the I have two sessions kicking off May 2nd. So, yeah, I think, you know, it, it, people are looking for that, you know. Again, and and reach out, you know, reach out and and talk to me and, you know, uh, that that kind of community we all need it. We desperately need it. More more than ever.
2: Yeah. That There's social so learning is so powerful. Yeah to hear not only the common humanity in our stories, because when you hear another person's story, this is when I did my my group coaching, it was like the women were like, oh, me too, exactly. And feeling that understanding, it's almost yeah. like this burden is lifted to have other people be like, yeah, me too. Yeah, And to have that experience can be so profound in your healing journey, because then you don't feel like such an outcast or weird yeah. or different. You're like, oh, this is, part of the human experience, which puts you yeah. in a place of acceptance, which then makes room for change.
3: Yeah. I, I, it's a place where when you create, like as the coach, as the leader of that moment, right? It's my job to moderate that conversation and to keep it on track and to and establish psychological safety, right? Like yeah. to make sure that everybody's being given equal time to share. Everybody's, you know, mm-hmm. there's no grandstandings, you know, and then, and then just to make sure that like everybody feels safe to say their truth out loud, right? The, the part that they wish, the quiet part that's been going on in their head all this time, the, the thing they wish they could say out loud to someone. That's what happens in group coaching or in one-on-one or both. I kind of recommend both, but, you know, mm-hmm. it, it that's what happens is being able to like relax and breathe and take a breath out and then realize, okay, I can say the quiet part out loud, right? Mm-hmm. Not the like negative, nasty, quiet part. I mean the like helpful, right. our authentic truth, quiet part.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, got a, I got a question for both of you. And sure. that is because I see this happening all the time. And that is that, for some reason, when something bad happens to us or we have an experience that we don't like or, or there's something that, that we want to fix, we tend to think that we're the only one in the world that's ever happened to Hmm. and that's just not so but we we stand there and go i can't talk to anybody nobody else has had this happen to me and and what's happened to me and stuff yeah. so so shana when you're talking to people and they come across with that that idea of it's not that i'm special it's just that nobody else has dealt with this and you're going there are eight billion people there's nothing that you could have gone through that hasn't been gone through before
3: yeah it's hyper individualization right it's it's a it's a tool used within capitalism right in in establishing hierarchy you have to pit people against each other right Uh, you have to make you have to create a class system you have to make someone exploitable you have to make someone the bad guy to be able to justify the massive amounts of wealth that the people at the top acquire so on and so forth and so our hyper individualization is a function of capitalism continuing the way that it continues in its in its extremely exploitative form um, and so uh, not to get too far into into politics because I also don't want to attack anybody's politics that's not what I'm here to do it's just what I've observed is that that hyper individualization is a function of our current economic system
0: well you are smart and a nerd so <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. I also yeah. I think for a lot of people it can be a coping mechanism that's been learned. Yeah. That's been yeah. really learned a learned behavior over time yeah. that you can develop a skill set for to change and grow and adjust.
0: Yeah. How do you get people to knock it off?
3: <laughs> I think that's and I think that's the beauty of, that's the beauty of group coaching is that we learn the tools right to be able to break through those like those like negative thought processes that have been programmed into us or may have entered our thought processes because of negative experiences we can practice right within that that group coaching setting, we can practice learning those new tools and working through those things together and then be able to, then they start to bleed out into the rest of our life and we find courage and curiosity that, you know, we find a way to to start approaching our life and our experiences with courage and creativity and curiosity um, rather than um, thinking that we have to keep operating the way that we have been, right? You know, a huge part of change is courage Mm -hmm. And, and, and find that courage together.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Now, when you are talking about change, and this is for both of you again, because I I've run into this a lot during during the show and talking to people, is that change initiates change, mm-hmm. meaning that you're not the same person that you were at the end of the coaching period or the end of your exploratory period of what you're trying to accomplish for yourself. You're not the same person anymore. How do you negotiate with the people in your lives that now are looking at you saying? You're different than you used to be, mm. and I'm not sure I'm feel comfortable with that. how do you negotiate that Shana
3: um I think first you have to be prepared for it, right you have to know that it's coming because I think mm. when you're not prepared for it, it kind of smacks you across the face and then there's this there's like this like oh there's this thing that comes up that we start making ourselves bad and wrong for changing sometimes not for everyone, but you know it has come up for me in the past like oh am I but I think it's just. It's bumping up against relationship dynamics, right? You've always showed up at this particular person for this person. And now you might, especially when we're changing and growing and learning more, we're setting new boundaries or maybe we're setting boundaries for the first time and we're learning how to enforce those. And especially for people in our life who are not used to interacting with us in us being in a healthy way, like actually setting boundaries, they're going to push back against that. Right. And I think it's just a matter of like sitting down, you know, usually those people genuinely love you and they're not actually trying to hurt you. And they may not realize that they're actually hurting you by, you know, by saying like, you're, you've changed. I don't know how to be around you. And maybe just saying like, Just reassuring you, reassuring them a lot of times that like you still love them and you still want to be a part of their life. There's just a new dynamic here, you know, just having those, those difficult conversations, right? Just leaning into those conversations can be the thing that can help you to like stay connected, right? Because we're not used to having the uncomfortable conversations. We're used to being passive aggressive with one another. So as we move into healthy ways of being, being willing to be comfortable with being uncomfortable, and have those conversations is a natural part of boundary setting, and as a natural part of like change in healthy, you know, healthy relationship dynamics.
0: Dana, anything to add?
2: Yeah, take me back to the original question.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you are just soaking this in, aren't you? Just, I really
2: a- am. Just soaking in everything she's saying, and I'm loving it.
0: When you when when you change and you're you're exhibiting positive change and you're setting boundaries and you're living the way your life the way that you want to live it, there are reactions that you get from the people who you know know that say, "That's not who you were." By the mm-hmm. way, I don't really don't like you setting boundaries uh, because yeah. I like not having you not being able to do that before. Right. So, how do you deal with that?
2: Yeah, I think I think that. Um a really important dynamic is self love. I think self love, self compassion is, is actually vital through those times. And also taking a balanced perspective, understanding that their reaction is not you, it's their own fear of losing their relationship with you. So it's not personal. And uh, for me, taking an observational stance of taking feedback, and looking at, okay, what are the actual results? What are the results of me believing in my own sovereignty and my own my own ability to make my own decisions? What are the the what's the positive ripple effect of that? And and are there any negative possibilities? And talking to people who maybe have done that before, you know, and really taking that stance of observing and looking. Um instead of getting so tied up in the story of I need this person to to have this relationship that and knowing, too, that when we grow, people will grow with us or grow out yeah. of our place, yeah. our space. And actually, that's normal and healthy because. Every single time and it's hard. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie, it's really not easy, especially for someone like me who's such a huge lover. I love people, I love them, I easily love and I easily connect. And so when people grow out of my life, it, it can be a very hard process for me. And there is grief and loss for some relationships, but every time, every time without Phil, it has created a void and a space for new people to come in that are more aligned with who I am, yeah. who are more aligned with with me, more authentic, me, more true to me, who then mirror that back because they're living that way too. And yeah. they help me up level. This is how I actually really, I call them my soul family. I found my soul family. Those people that I just, I, my, I feel at home. I feel like I can just yeah. be all of me and change at any time. And they're like, great, awesome. Yeah. You know, and right now that's how they show up, and that's the dynamic. So, knowing that there's grief in the process and it's okay, and that it makes room for what you really want. So, what do you want? What kind of relationships do you want? And getting clear on that.
3: Yeah, no, I agree 100%. I think I've, you know, as you set boundaries in relationships, they absolutely change, right? Like, that's naturally like relationships you didn't have boundaries in before and you put boundaries in, 100%, those relationships change, and they're meant to, right? Because you are changing, the people you surround yourself with has to change to support that change, right? That emotional self mm-hmm. yourself,
0: 100%. It actually is a scientific principle. Yeah. When, when your vibration and your energy changes, then you surround yourself with like energy, and yeah. what doesn't vibrate at the same level anymore tends to fall away. Yeah. That's, that's
3: it's, not it's not bad. It's not bad. And I, I think a lot of times we're programmed to believe that we're especially with fam- this can be really hard with
1: family. <sighs> oh,
3: it's and so I was brutal. waiting for you to say that it's so hard with family. I've had to go low contact or no contact. Yeah. Periods of time or entirely yeah. with yeah. members of my family. And so I learned this really early on because uh, this is a trigger warning for anybody who's listening. I was sexually assaulted by my father when I was 15. Um, and so uh, having to go no contact with my father at such a young age, but I still lived in the same house. So like figuring out how to establish those boundaries, I stayed because I had three younger siblings and my one sister looked just like me and she was 10 years younger. And I was like, I'm not going to leave her to the wolves. And so, you know, I stayed until he left until I was 24 and living in that environment, having to learn to set boundaries, you know, so on and so forth when I didn't have support in doing so because nobody else knew. Right. Um, and it gave me this practice of like, how do you grow out of a relationship? How do you let yourself release from a relationship, even a f- parent, right? Yeah. And it, it's so hard. It's so, so hard. hard. But, mm-hmm. but it's not that I'm, you know, and, and there's other people in my life, obviously, I have no desire to reestablish a relationship with my father, but it had mm-hmm. had other people in my life. It's not that I'm saying you have to stay out of my life forever when we start growing apart. It's that I'm just moving in a different direction than you. And if we happen to meet up again in life, great. But I'm my, the change that I'm choosing is moving at such a rapid pace for mm-hmm. me. that If you're not keeping up, it's not because I'm trying to leave you behind. It's just a choice you're making. And it's a choice I'm making. And Mm -hmm. it's not bringing us together anymore. And that's okay, right? And I think that's the part that we have to remember when we're growing is that it's okay to outgrow people. It's a necessary part of change. And we do, again, group coaching, I think, is really valuable in this because you gain a community to support you in this growth as you're figuring out these new dynamics with other people. Yeah.
0: I get so angry with people who claim to be one thing and profess to be one thing and then they prove through their actions that they're not at all who they said that they were and no. they end up hurting people in a in a great way and then they hide it i can't I, I, that makes me mad i'm sorry yeah yeah, yeah
2: that um, makes sense yeah um, yeah you know, i know cuz you have such a big heart kevin and you just you just love people you're you're good at that
0: Well, you know, unless I can get Nathan Nathan to give us another hour, we're going to run out of time here. So, (laughs) Nathan, what do you think? Can I negotiate? Just (laughs) promise
1: me you don't call me that other name.
0: Uh, Okay, Nathaniel. I mean mean Nathan.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
3: uh,
2: (laughs) Sorry.
1: No hour.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Boundary. That was a boundary crossing. Yes,
0: yes, it was. Uh, Shana, we've only got a couple of minutes left. I want... I want to give you the opportunity give you the floor to be able to say anything you want to about for the next couple of minutes.
3: Yeah. I, you know, the thing that I think is just so critical for people is to get comfortable with getting curious, enter moments with, you know, curiosity, with, with this reconnection to play with, um, with an honoring of our creativity, you know, uh, just forming community, you know, it, it takes being vulnerable enough to say okay I want to open up to these people I want to trust someone in a new way I want to and, and other people become mirrors to who to who we are and we see aspects of ourselves that we didn't previously see and there's so much that's wrapped up in just getting curious about what's possible about who we could show up as about where we might be you know able to expand in our lives and what we might be able to experience individually and together um, and so I just encourage, encourage people to tap into their curiosity right let themselves not know let themselves not be the expert let themselves be the perpetual student because there's so much to learn and there's so many beautiful ways that brings us together rather than bringing us apart
0: will you come back can i can i bother you to come back on the show of
3: course i would love it i loved this Yeah,
0: i'm i'm so glad i want to thank dana parker for being here inner world movement and what's the new website evolving to exceptional.com evolving to com. it's real little writing i can't see it I know. And, and, and 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 shana if you go to dot uh, consonant.world you can find out all about her and i want to thank you both for being here it's been a fabulous discussion and i look forward to doing it again and by the way everybody be kind to one another because each other's all we've got
3: yeah
0: we'll see you monday yeah